Hello, and welcome to Studio Wellness Podcast. I'm Anne, and today I'm going to be continuing my speak series with chapter two of the book Stretch Too Thin by Jessica Turner. I dove into chapter two, and I feel like I've got a lot of good information. And oftentimes, it can be things that we already know, but what's great about reading and reflecting and taking the time It allows us to absorb it and figure out how we are going to actually make this work for us. So I'm happy to share this. Chapter two is setting yourself up for success. I think oftentimes I find that I don't set myself up for success. And then when I'm not successful, I look back and say, well, that's because the things that I did every day set me up to fail. My attitude set me up to fail, the actions that I took that day, and so why would I expect to succeed? So this chapter was really interesting, and it says, you know, have you been there? Maybe you're there right now, feeling like if you can just get to the end of the day, the week, the month, things will somehow be better, get better. When you are stretched too thin, you may have difficulty finding clarity. You attend to whatever needs your attention at the moment. You do not have the energy or the space to do anything more than complete the task at hand and go to the next thing. Your life feels like a pinball machine in which you are the ball. Months go by and when you look back, you don't know what you did or how you really spent your days, only that you have bounced from one thing to another. If you want to achieve radical change in your circumstances, setting goals is an effective way to start. The task of goal setting might feel overwhelming, particularly if you are currently stretched too thin. I get that. But making it a priority will serve you well in the long run. I think this is so true because goals have never been a good thing for me. And it's been a challenge for me in several different times. And I think especially when, like she said, you're stretched too thin, you're just feeling like overwhelmed. Sitting down sometimes and setting goals can make you feel even more overwhelmed because you're like, how am I going to get this done? But it is a really important thing that we need to remember to do. And thinking about how setting goals could transform your own circumstances, how you could get more time increased clarity, eliminating the procrastination, increased motivation, positive energy, increased control, and improved life satisfaction is why we want to stay focused on what this is why I'm setting these goals because I want to get those things in my day. And hopefully that energizes you and say to yourself, Say yes to the investment because the long-term benefit outweighs the short-term loss of productivity in another area. So she suggests that step one is you consider your past. And that we talked about a little bit. She, she talks about that a little bit in chapter one. But it's very true. You do need to consider your past when you're sitting down and setting your goals. You can either run from the past or you learn from it. And your past is a great teacher. It reminds you of the best and worst moments in your life and you know what you don't want to continue to repeat and do. So all you can do with today is look forward and know that I don't want to repeat those things. But sometimes it is good to look in the past because it allows you to say, 
this is a teacher. This is a guide. This is going to help me see how I want tomorrow and the next day and the next day to be. So you can structure your goals around that. Think about the positive experiences and the struggles, particularly as they relate to your life as a working mom. Start with the positives and be specific and ask yourself questions such as, what things have I done well in my journey as a working mom? Am I proud of it? And what are my strengths? And then consider the struggles. Again, ask yourself, in what areas have I encountered struggles? What felt overwhelming? What are my regrets? And what changes would I make if I could? Both lists are going to be very key to this. They consider the lessons you've learned, seeing how experiences have helped you grow. And it's an important step in the goal setting process. So yeah, I thought about sitting down and having these questions right in front of me on this piece of paper from Jessica's words, it did help me to answer those questions and and have them right in front of me. The good, the hard, and the downright bad all blend together and you can see them. So the step two that she mentions is brainstorm goal ideas. She says, Lara Casey, working mom of three and creator of the Power Sets, the Power Sheets goal setting journal, encourages goal setters to brainstorm a list of ideas. The act of jotting down a bunch of ideas will help you redefine the few goals that you want to pursue once you have written them down. She advises, check your goal ideas to make sure they are rooted in what matters most. It's easy to make goals that sound good or goals that other people have you think you should do. So that again is key because I just think to myself, yeah, make sure things are rooted in what matters the most. And how often really truly are we guided in doing things that we really don't even want to be doing. I mean, she does mention in here that how often do we spend our day doing too many things that we don't really want to do? We feel we have to do them, but are they getting us where we want to go? So it's a really good evaluation for your own goal setting as it relates to cultivating contentment in your life. Focus on what you evaluated in the previous chapter about your present and what you would like to change. Identifying the challenges you would like to overcome will motivate you to create inspiring goals. Step three is write intentional goals. Now that you have reflected on your past and brainstormed a list of ideas, it's time to focus on writing goals that will transform the way you work, parent, and do life in general. Intentional goal setting can have a profoundly positive impact on many areas in the both the short and long term of your life. Being purpose-driven in your goals in both the practical and the visionary will help you live your life with deeper intention. One of the country's most popular goal-setting methods is the SMART system, S-M-A-R-T, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound is what it stands for. So this is a summary of the seven keys to the SMARTER system for goal-setting. Specific goals should be very specific. They should be measurable, 
Make sure your results that you're seeing are measurable. If you can't measure a goal, you won't know when you've succeeded. Actionable. Set action rather than passive goals. Your goals should start with a action verb. Talk about what you will do rather than what you will be. Risky. Push yourself outside your comfort zone. Goals that are risky are more compelling. Time keyed. Goals should have a deadline. Exciting. Make sure your goals are personally compelling for you. Relevant. Your goals should be relevant to your current season of life and to your values. So those seven key steps are part of the SMARTER system, which is a which is one of the most popular goal setting methods. And I thought that was really interesting because it really does try to break it down for you to see how you should be looking at what the goals are that you're setting for yourself. If you have a goal that seems overwhelming, and I thought this was really interesting to break it down into bite-sized pieces. I think if I'm honest, this is my biggest problem is I feel like my goals can be a little bit too overwhelming and I have a hard time breaking them down. So Jessica, she in this book gave some examples of one that I thought was really interesting and helped me to look at some of my goals that seem overwhelming. She said, I set the goal of finishing um, her book by the end of September and I used my contracted word count to figure out how many words I needed to write each week to achieve the goal. So each week she documented the word count on the calendar and it motivated her to meet the deadline and achieve her goal. So she broke it down to this is how many words a day I have to write in order to meet her main word count when she knew I have to have this book done by September. That means X amount of words. So that's X amount of words each day. And I think that's really a neat way to look at it because otherwise it can seem so overwhelming to say, well, I have to have this book done by September, but that's all you say and you leave it at that. And I do that a lot with things. And then what happens is it doesn't get done. It doesn't get broken down. And then at the last minute, I'm like, I got to get this done. And I'm against the clock here. I'm stressed and I just somehow get it done. But there are times when I look at, for example, my real estate license. Every two years I have to complete continuing ed. And I do that online now because it's easier for me to be do it from home. So before the, the I just did it. This time I learned from the previous two years ago. So four years ago, I learned that I didn't want to wait because what happened was I waited to the last minute. My time, I was just crunched for time. I had so many other things to do. So what I ended up having to do was wait till I put the kids to bed. I had Haley and Lucas and, and Lucas was pretty young. I had to wait till I put them to bed and around eight o'clock I would start and I did two eight hour sessions because I didn't have any more time to break them down into shorter sessions for my 14 hours. So I had to do two eight-hour, well, one would have been a little shy of eight hours. I had to do two larger sessions in two days and just get it done so that I would be able to renew my license in time because I was at the end of the month. So I had to stay up to like two or three in the morning doing my online class to get it done. 
two nights in a row. And so I said to myself, I'm going to look in the past and say this time now that I know I need to do my continuing ed, I'm going to break it down into smaller pieces. And that was so helpful for me because I knew, okay, even though I did kind of wait till the last minute, I knew a month or so ahead, let me break this down and I'll do two hours that night. I'll do four hours that night. Then I'll do another chunk this night. And if I do that each week, then by the end of that month, I'll have what I need. And that was a lot easier because I could quickly say, Hey, I just, we just finished dinner. Could you play with the kids for a little bit? Hang out with them, Dustin. And I'm going to go up and do two hours and, you know, bang that out. And then I could actually sit down with him at the end of the night and be done. So it felt good to kind of be able to do that and break that down. So one additional tip also that she offered is write your goals with a positive tone. Focus on the good that will come from achieving them. For instance, instead of writing, leave my crummy job, you might write, find a job in the next six months that leverages my strong people skills and gives me flexibility to work from home. Or if you're writing a goal about your home, instead of writing, organize my messy house, you might write, in October, hire a professional organizer to help create organizational systems that will reduce clutter and create a happier and more peaceful environment for my family before the holidays. So I thought that was kind of nice too because if you make things positive as well because I think we want to remember that we want to look to the past and learn from it, use it as a guide. But let's give ourselves grace when we do that because I'm hard on myself for making those mistakes and sometimes when I go back and I think, okay, these are the things I want to change, I feel like I focus so much and get distracted from my goals because I'm too busy like beating myself up about, well, I should have been able to get that done. And why can't I do that? And I don't understand why this isn't working. And, you know, don't beat yourself up. Just know these are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. This is where I want to learn from it and be positive about it. Um, And I do find that that helps. Step four is pursue your goals. After you have drafted your goals, hang them somewhere where you can review them every day. This visibility will ensure that your goals remain a source of inspiration and motivation. And this is true. If you feel discouraged about a goal or want to quit, step back and think about why you set the goal in the first place. So I have a place that I keep all my my calendar and stuff, and I will make little notes about that. And for me, my family is always, that's why I do this. And they keep me focused because I when I look around my house and I see the pictures, of my kids, I'm reminded this is why this is my goal. And even if it is something that is hard for me to do, I'm focused and determined and committed because I don't play the mental ping pong back and forth anymore because I'm committed for them and they're my why. And so if you have a strong rooted why, you can really continue to do the hard things, but you have to know what your why is and remind yourself of it. Keep it in the forefront. Um, she even mentioned that some people will create a password that they have to put in their computer every day and that that password be something that's a reminder to you. So that's could be helpful as well. Um, considering your own rewards for a goal can be beneficial during moments of frustration throughout the process. So yeah, keep that there. Um, tracking your time. In addition to setting goals, you need to have a clear sense of how you're currently spending your time. So This is why she suggests that she wants you to track your time for a week. 
Tracking your time involves recording everything you do over the course of a day, every day for seven days. Think of it as similar to keeping a food journal or tracking the steps you take. Write down everything you do, school, carpool, meetings, errands, laundry, in 15-minute increments. After you track your time for a week, ask yourself the following questions below. And so she put a lot of questions here that after you track your time for a week, then you're going to be asking yourself these questions of where did I spend my time? What I, what items are non-negotiable, like work, school, and things like that? What time was wasted? What activities could be streamlined in my schedule? Um, doing laundry every day makes sense, or would it be better to do it as one-day marathon? Am I doing too much? Did I do anything just because it would have made me feel guilty if I didn't do it? Would it be helpful to ask for someone to hire to do those things? Did I take time for myself? Overall, how did I feel this week? Happy, tired, stressed. So this book is also great because it gives you places that you can earmark and know I want to come back to this. So I am going to challenge myself. I've done this before, but I'm going to challenge myself again to track my time. I have a Push Life Smart journal that I use. It's um, Shalene Johnson is um, a fitness guru, inspirational person. And along with Jessica Turner, um, Shalene Johnson's another person that I look to for inspiration with things. And she has this push. She has a book called Push, I believe, Push Goals or Push. And then she has the journal. And it's really helpful because it, it has a couple pages each day. It asks you what you're thankful for. It marks down um, your water intake, how you were active that day, kind of encompasses overall wellness, which I love. Um, Then it breaks down your day. You can put notes. It has half hour by hour increments that you can put everything you're going to do that day. So it's great for me because I can look at my day, but then also break it down into smaller pieces, kind of like with your goals to say, this is what I have to do, but This is specifically how I'm going to get it done. And it helps too because you can even put in there like, well, this little bit of time I'll have between this and this, I can do this real quick. And it's a reminder of, oh yeah, this is what I need to do. It's also very helpful for tracking your time. So I suggest you get a journal like that um, that's going to help you, but otherwise just do it on an old-fashioned piece of paper. Um, But it, it is. It's not something I like to do either because... I've never been a very organized person at all, but seeing the benefit of doing it is is my reason why I will do it again and again and revisit from time to time when I'm starting to feel like, oh, I need to adjust here. So these questions will be great to reference again after you do your um, time tracking. And the act of tracking your time and then carefully evaluating it is an eye-opening experience. Every time I track my time, I'm reminded how effective documenting my life in this fashion can be, seeing all of my activities, not just my workday, as a whole noted on the document gives a lot of perspective. Um, She said, too, a few years ago, she made the decision to use her commute time to invest in her rather than just mindlessly listen to the radio or chat on her phone. She began to listen to audiobooks in the car, which became an incredibly life-changing habit um, and life-giving habit. At the end of the year, she realized that this new habit had enabled her 
to listen to at least a dozen books that year. And because listening to audiobooks made her happy, she was happier both when she got to work in the morning and when she got home. So I think that's really cool. I, I see a lot of people doing that anymore. Um, I even see people walking through the grocery store and they have their earbuds on. And um, I'm thinking to myself, I bet they're listening to something while they're walking through the store. And at first I was like, I don't know, like that takes out the interaction within where you are. And I think that we have to shift our mind because sometimes we can become like very anti-technology because if you come from my time before we had technology, I know my kids won't have this struggle because they're just going to know nothing but technology. But for me, we didn't have this. And so there's that still constant struggle of like wanting to keep it away from too much of it. And I think that's good. But in a way, I admire those people that can just say to themselves, hey, yeah, I'm going to listen to my earbuds in the grocery store. I don't really know anybody. I don't have to talk to anybody. They can be focused on listening to the, the book that they're reading, get done what they need to get done, and obviously take them out when they need to interact with the person that they're um, paying at the end. That, I think, is going too far if you're on your phone and you're not interacting with that person. But, you know, I think it gives the uh, ability to use your time really wisely so those are just little tips that she gave. Um, more importantly, she says um, time tracking nudges people to re reevaluate how they use their time. I expect this will be true for you too, so please do this important exercise. And she promises it'll be worth it. These two activities, setting goals and tracking your time together will enable you to make life-changing alterations to how you are living your life. Do not be afraid to do this important work. So that ends the chapter, and she does give um, two pages of um, a workbook for you to fill out reflections on your goals and time. She has questions about what made it motivated you to read this book, um, thinking about your goals. She has goals at one, two, three. She wants you to write down your goals. So I was challenged to do that for myself. And then she has a couple pages that you're to answer the, these um, thought-provoking questions after you track your time for a week. So I'm excited to do that this week and fill out these questions in this book. So I have it earmarked. And I hope that you're challenged to do that too and to realize the value in not only setting goals, looking to the past as a guide, but giving yourself grace while you do it, knowing that the ability to break down a goal into smaller pieces if you're starting to feel overwhelmed and give yourself the time to take a deep breath and say, how can I break this down into a, to some smaller pieces? And then challenging yourself to say, I'm going to track my time for the next week and I'm going to also use that as a teaching tool so that I can look at it and say, next week's going to be different. And so I have everything I need to be equipped to make the next week and the week after that be different. And know that it's going to be gradual steps. It's not going to be like the next week you're going to be a superstar and every single thing is going to be different. That it's going to be gradual and just stay positive. And so I encourage you to do this with me. I'm going to share about what this looks like in my life. And 
So overall, I really enjoyed chapter two. I hope that if you're reading the book, you enjoyed it too. If you're not reading the book, I hope that at least listening to this podcast can help give you the little bit of motivation you might need today to know that maybe you do want to go get the book or maybe you just want to follow the steps based on what I'm saying. Um, But in any way that you're doing it, I'm glad you're here. And I think that if you're taking steps towards yourself, your future, and your goals, you're on the right track to overall wellness. Because I think that when we spend our time wisely, and we spend it doing what is most important to us, that is the key to wellness. Because I think that we are so much happier then because we feel rooted in what's important. And we feel like we're actually having a purpose to our life And so it helps us feel overall good. So remember to do this and thank you for listening. Again, this is In the Studio with Anne, Studio Wellness Podcast. I'm Anne and from wherever you are, I hope that you're comfortable and you're having a great day. Until next time.